You already know what time it is. Welcome back in to the NFL with AJL. You already know we're live on a Friday night. You could have been anywhere else in the world, but you're right here on the most live NFL podcast that you can catch. Episode 18, Locked and Loaded, super loaded show tonight. We got a guest, but we'll get there in just a second. Make sure to like on YouTube, subscribe, like the stream wherever you are at. Subscribe on YouTube, like I mentioned. Make sure to hit that QR code in the top of the screen. Every bit of our content. Leave us a review on podcast platforms. If you can't find me at the NFL with AJL on all social platforms. The Falcons QB1 situation getting a little interesting. They acquired another defensive player. So now it seems like they have to make a decision. We're talking about the top D lineman in the draft tonight. We're going to be drafting the top 15 overall players in the NFL draft. That's right. We're about two weeks away and uh, the show is packed again. Hope everyone is having a blessed Friday. Hope your week has been great and lock in relax episode 18 of the nfl with ajl and like i mentioned we have a guest tonight none other than justin marville from this justin sports show no introduction needed as you always say man welcome man. how have you been it's been great i know easter is gone but this is indeed a good friday so let's get it it is it's always a good friday on the nfl with ajl y'all get in the chat as always, you already know the deal. Check out Justin on social media, This Justin Sports Show. Hashtag This Justin. Make sure you hit the hashtag, though, because we're not dealing with ESPN. We're not dealing with Max Kellerman. We're not dealing with anybody from the four-letter network, but we have no hate for them. It's all good. Let's get into episode 18, Justin. And uh, again, it. man, welcome. Welcome to the show. We're going to go ahead and go right off the top with these Atlanta Falcons taking Bud Dupree. Excuse me, I think I actually, well, uh, no, that's the right one. I just didn't kind of name it that. But yes, they take Bud Dupree. They pick him up rather out of free agency today, sign him on a one-year deal. And we've seen the Falcons doing this uh, really week over week, you know, month over month here with free agency. And Justin, I know you've seen me talking about it on the channel. Everybody on YouTube and Facebook, social media has really been loving it. Super appreciate you guys on YouTube blowing up the Falcons content. Let's get the 400 subs on the live show tonight. Y'all are running it up through the 300s. But yes, Bud Dupree, who has been an okay player the last few years, seven total sacks the last two seasons, but not too far removed from that pretty powerhouse role that he was able to play. What are your thoughts on the Falcons making another move on that defense and just continuing to double down on this side of the ball? It tells me the obvious that they think the NFC South is there for the taking since Tom Brady has retired yet again. But obviously this thing is for real. <laughs> so like with no Tampa Bay Buccaneers threat, um, your team in the Saints going through kind of like a rebuild, or not really rebuild, but like there are so many question marks with your team. Uh, the Carolina Panthers obviously are looking to take a quarterback right. uh, at number one rookie. Yep. It is clear that Atlanta thinks that they can win this division, and I can't blame them. Like, so you see Bud Dupree, you see um, they're going after Jeff Okuda. Um, who was the other one they went after? They went after Calais Campbell. So, like, it is clear that they're telling themselves it is no or never. And you're moving into year three of Arthur Smith as head coach. So, I think yep. that he is on the, hot, he's on the hot seat. It is either – I mean, I don't even think they have to win the division. It's either get in the playoffs or I think that Arthur Smith is gone. Yeah, yeah, I totally feel that. And I got a couple of fans that I'm really close with that, uh, you know, really big fans of Atlanta. They love the Falcons. They've been talking about that with everything that's going on. If something doesn't happen, if there's not a playoff push, they they feel like Arthur Smith should be on the hot seat. I decided to randomly wear the Petty Sports shirt today. Want to give a shout out to Kings Broadcasting Studios. Those are the folks that I used to do the Petty Sports podcast with right out of their studio. Still want to give them a shout out. Y'all check them out. If you're looking for an awesome studio in Atlanta, 
to invest in your broadcasting career, podcasting, live stream, whatever you need. Gary King, Mike Bell, check him out on Facebook at Kings Broadcasting Studios. Got a lot of love for those guys. And I think it's no coincidence that y'all show up on the stream tonight <laughs> as I'm wearing the shirt. But yeah, and, and I'm going to agree with you, Justin. You know, the Falcons, I'm, I'm, I've said it. I'm really proud of Atlanta for the way that they are really rebuilding this side of the football this year because, again, Bud Dupree, Jesse Bates was just really – that was just a starter. That kind of felt like what would be a final piece, but Jesse Bates started it off. One of the biggest contracts in the league for the safety position, Calais Campbell, Caden Ellis, Mike Hughes, David Onyemata. They have A.J. Terrell. They have Grady Jarrett. So, I mean, you talk about going through these names, and for one of the first times in Atlanta Falcons history, there's pretty good to common names – that are going to do great things at these positions for the Falcons. But again, they're going through the complete defensive makeover. I've been saying now, especially with this Bud Dupree move, if they grab Nolan Smith or even an offensive lineman in the draft, that's great. I think they're already going to be a top 10 defense. So if they go defense in the draft, I think that just solidifies the take that I've made there. But now with all these moves, again, Justin, to beef up the defense, do you feel like the um, excuse me, the outlying hole in the roster right now is the quarterback because it's either going to be Taylor Heineke or Desmond Ritter. We're about to get into that in a second, but I guess the question would be, do you believe Atlanta has a quarterback on the roster right now to compete? Because they, like you said, they, in the NFC South saints, Panthers, Bucks, not going to be looking the greatest next year as a fan. I know that we're going to be good. We're not going to be great. And they think that they can take it into the division. Do you think there's a quarterback in that room for them to already compete? Not for a super bowl, but I mean, at least a divisional appearance. Oh, uh, yeah, and I think that quarterback is Taylor Heineke, but I'll get to that in a second. Like, obviously, um, in terms of Derek Carr, you have the best quarterback in the division. I don't think that's a question right oh, now. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so, that. YouTube will love that one. <laughs> and the thing is about that, if you look at the division winners year after year after year, typically the division or the team with the best quarterback in the division typically wins that division. Right. It's, it's, it's not really a rocket science. So I suspect because, you know, you have a trade and tested defense, uh, a trade and tested head coach, as well as a proven quarterback who is not to borrow Stephen A. Smith's words, but he is a true leader of men. I think you probably would be in the driver's seat to win that division right about now. Um, so going back to the situation, I think Atlanta is indeed a quarterback away. Uh, Desmond Ritter, young, I think only has, what, like four starts. So if you think that this team is ready to compete immediately, then I don't think you go wrong. I don't think you go the route of Desmond Ritter unless or until Taylor Heineke sorry, proves to you during the season that he is not that guy. I think Desmond Ritter would have to have a way better mm. offseason for me, for mm. him to get the job. I'm going to have to go Taylor Heineke. I think he has, like, what, 25 starts, 33 total games. Right at the position. Did you know he's thirty years old? Mm -hmm. He's wow. I did not yeah. know he'd been in the league since twenty fifteen. Undrafted free agent in Minnesota. That was news to me today. He's an old quarterback, but yeah, tried and tested one, and one arguably who has been in Lambeau Field twice. Yeah, beaten Aaron Rodgers and the Packers once, and almost beaten them the first time he went. Like this is a guy with a playoff appearance under his belt. Yeah, I would have to think for Desmond Ritter to win this job, he is going to have to completely outplay Taylor Heineke in the offseason, and I'm not sure that that's going to happen. Yeah, quarterback camps and like preseason and whatnot. No, I, I hear you there for Taylor Heineke. Like I mentioned, 30 years old in the NFL, so I guess you could 
kind of call him a veteran, right? Um, undrafted free agent, you know, to the Minnesota Vikings in 2015. He played college football at Old Dominion from 2011 to 2014. Um, had had some pretty heavy numbers. 2012, 5,000 yards, 44 touchdowns, 14 picks. Followed it up with the next two seasons with 33 touchdowns, 30 touchdowns, uh, close to 4,000 yards both of those years. 132 career touchdowns, 39 career interceptions. So he was putting up some numbers at Old Dominion, but clearly he was an undrafted free agent for a reason. He has, yes, beat Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau Field. And we remember when the Bucks went to the um, I want to say that was the year the Bucks won the Super Bowl. The Bucks played the commanders or they were still the football team. And Taylor Heineke actually was not even on the roster. Um, I think a couple weeks before he actually became quarterback, because I can't remember which quarterback it was that ended up getting injured. Maybe Alex Smith again. And that's why Taylor Heineke stepped in. And I think at the time, you know, I thought he was a rookie, but we see him diving towards the pylon, playing against Tom Brady in that that ridiculous Buccaneers defense and just really, you know, putting himself out there. I mean, that I feel like that one play kind of showed everyone that Taylor Heideke is a gamer. He would put his body on the line. Um, he's not the greatest quarterback. I mean, we look at the couple of seasons he's had in the NFL rocking a little bit above 60 percent completion. I think about 63 percent, 20 touchdowns and 15 picks in 2021, 86 passer rating with about 3,400 yards. Then you go to last season, uh, I think Justin just, oh, he just popped out, but we'll get him back in in just a second. No worries. I think he just lost his uh, connection. But talking about Taylor Heineke versus Desmond Ritter on the quarterback situation, quarterback one situation for the Atlanta Falcons. We'll see when we get Justin back here in just a moment. I think we just got him back in. Yep, there he goes. Yeah, All good now? Yeah, no, I'll you're good, man. No worries. You're totally good. Uh, but yes, then you look at 2022 with Taylor Heineke. Um, you know, Carson Wentz was starting for the commanders, I believe in this, in this past season, he had 62% completion, just under 1900 yards, 12 touchdowns, six picks, but about a 90 passer rating. So it's kind of hard to judge what Taylor Heineke is in the NFL. He does have that gamer mentality to where like, he will not be afraid to make those big plays. He's got some mobility. He's got a little bit of that new school NFL quarterback in him, but he's not going to be a guy, I believe, really, for the Falcon situation right now to step in and be that quarterback one. And and knowing that, you know, Desmond Ritter, speaking of him now, he was quarterback one on a lot of people's boards last year. I mean, we had Malik Willis, we had Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter. Um, obviously, he feels like a still of the draft. They even say that when the Falcons take him. I can't remember if he was a day two or a day three pick, but the Falcons take him. And, um, you know, people are like, this could really be a steal of the NFL draft. So you get into his profile a little bit, and this guy's got, you know, good figure, um, you know, good build in the NFL. And it's, again, hard to take something away from his numbers, at least in, in the NFL, because he didn't even have a thousand yards passing. Obviously, he didn't get the job actually until I think way later, or about mid of the season. 6'3", 211 pounds, 32-inch arms, 10-inch hands, so that's definitely going to be something that is very favorable for a quarterback. 4'5", 240, 36-inch vertical jump for a quarterback and a 10'7", broad jump as well and we remember how we were freaking out about Anthony Richardson at the combine that's not going to be the type of athleticism you're getting out of Desmond Ritter but his numbers are definitely nothing to be ashamed of and you look at how he played at some points with Atlanta last year you looked in Cincinnati this guy's an athlete he's also a gamer he's also a baller and I think when you look at it it's kind of ironic when you look at Taylor Heineke's play style, I feel like Atlanta went out and got him because Taylor Heineke kind of plays similar, I guess you would really say. Desmond Ritter kind of plays similar similar to Taylor Heineke. We mentioned he's been in the NFL since 2015, 30 years old. He's been actually, I think, with the Patriots a little bit, went to the St. Louis Battlehawks in 2020, 
now he's back in the NFL, played with the Wash, you know, Washington for a couple seasons. Um, so, like I said, you know, air quotes around the word veteran earlier. But Desmond Ritter, hell of an athlete, hell of an arm. I really like the way he throws the football. Just looking at some of his tape from Cincinnati, also from the time with the Falcons, I really appreciate how he can be shifty and mobile in the pocket. And and I'll be honest. I see a little bit of Jalen Hurts in, in Desmond Ritter, and that's not even to throw out a hot take, but the play style is very similar. You're not going to get you know, elite leadership just yet out of Desmond Ritter. You're not going to get a very humble attitude, even though he was very grateful for being picked where he was, of course, and you know, told Atlanta on the phone, I'm, I'm bringing a Super Bowl to this city or nothing else. Like I want to bring a title to this city. And of course, you know, he might just be saying the right things, but Desmond Ritter actually being in Atlanta, again, it's not going to be exactly like Jalen Hurts, but the play style, the way he can be kind of shifty, I think the arm looks very similar to Jalen. I'm not going to overpromise anything for Atlanta fans, but I see why they're excited. Shout out to my boy Brun. Shout out to my boy Fred. I know y'all are very pumped about Desmond Ritter this year, and and I really think y'all have a case um, you know, to be able to do that, just taking a look at some of his numbers from Cincinnati. Uh, let's see, 87 touchdowns through the air, 28 picks. So, you know, pretty solid 28 rushing touchdowns though, in his four years at Cincinnati. And that's another good thing is you had a kid who played all four years at Cincinnati. You got a kid that's being in Atlanta now really is respectful of the job. I think he's really going to appreciate what Atlanta's giving to him. And overall, you know, had good college numbers, played solid football for the Bearcats. So if I'm a Falcons fan, I don't know if I'm confident that Desmond Ritter can get me to the wild card round right now, but you spent your money on him as a pick. Taylor Heineke, um, you know, it, it, both of these guys, you really don't know what they are. You're going off a couple of seasons with Taylor Heineke. Yes, he's got some starts under his belt in the NFL, but you're still a little curious about, okay, what could he do in a built system like the Falcons. The commanders were just now starting to really come around with some of those offensive weapons and obviously a Chase Young on the D-line and Terry McLaurin really coming into his own. So it's it's going to be interesting what Atlanta actually has to do, like you mentioned, Justin, in camp, in the offseason, in these preseason games, um, you know, to really decide the quarterback one. But you say Taylor Heineke, I'm going to double down and say Desmond Ritter because they drafted him. I look at the athleticism. I think he's got a higher ceiling. And yes, maybe he's five, six years younger, of course, seven years younger, um, however old Desmond Ritter is, than Taylor Heineke. But I really do believe that you spend that draft pick like you just, you know, like you just obviously uh, went for last year in the NFL draft and and you make him your starter. But the Falcons, the Falcons are going to be exciting next year, man. I think they really are. So I know you've seen me talking about that top 10 defense. What do you think? You think that's too much to to say right now about Atlanta? Now they add Bud Dupree. You heard me, Jesse Bates, Caden Ellis, David Onyemata. Like, what say you, man? You're always the guy that can hit me with the knowledge. I want to know what you got. <laughs> I It's too early, but again, what will help is that they're playing in what is right now a very offensively weak division. Like, I don't know that you're expecting Carolina, uh, Tampa Bay, even your seniors to put up big numbers. So I think that is going to help skew the numbers towards their favor. And you could see, indeed, a uh, top 10 defensive unit. You call some big names. Um, but the thing is, I like to go with, as you know, I'm an old school guy, so I like to go with yeah. tradition. Yep. And Atlanta does not have the tradition of great defensive teams. Like, right. when you go through year after year Very after true. year, You've never really seen Atlanta traditionally have strong defensive teams. Right. And Arthur Smith, as you know, is an offensive mind. Yep. So it may take a lot for us to see that. The names help. They bring in stuff in free agency. 
hopefully, again, they're playing a very offensively weak division, so that may help to skew the numbers. And you may very well see it, but tradition in years tell me that Atlanta just probably will not produce a top 10 defensive unit. But hey, if they're going to win games, it's going to be on that side of the ball. That is for yeah. sure. Yeah, I think the defense would definitely be about just a little over half of their contribution, like 55-45 defense offense for Atlanta. Because, I mean, they have some pieces on the offense. You know, Kyle Pitts, obviously Drake London. Um, I had them in a mock taking JSN at number eight, which I, I don't think is too realistic because they just really seem focused on defense. And they have John U. Smith that came in. So it's going to be interesting for the Falcons. I know that they might not get that top 10 status, but speaking of top 10, we're about to talk about top five defensive linemen in the NFL draft. And just before everybody gets real particular out there, we're not getting specific as to linebacker slash edge. Yes, you're going to have Will Anderson in here. Yes, you're going to have Jalen Carter in here. This is going to be defensive ends, defensive interior, defensive linemen, whatever you want to call it. Any guy that's on the defensive line or if they're majorly playing an edge like Will Anderson's in here, I know he can be a linebacker just like Nolan Smith, but they're classified as edge rushers. Just wanted to put that disclaimer out there. So, Justin, if you want, we'll kind of go back and forth here. I think it'll well, make it a little easier. Go ahead. Well, you just made it easier. You just called the three top defensive linemen in this draft. <laughs> in my position, like, like, let's start with Will Anderson. I always have a thing. Like, we're talking about tradition. Yeah. When you play at particular schools or particular schools that are known for producing particular positions and Alabama is one of them producing yep. players along the defensive lane and only offensive lane and especially at wide receiver and running back. Yep. When you're talking about defensive lane that you're going to start with Alabama. So for me, you're starting with Will Anderson. Like right. I think if you want, if you're not sure of the pick you're going to have and he is available, he is your right. short pair pick. You just right. take that and be comfortable knowing you probably have a pro bowl defensive lineman right off the bat as an edge rusher right. and playing in the sec, as you know, that is high as that's as high level football as you can get without yep. playing in the NFL. And he is extremely dominant at Alabama. You cannot go wrong as the first defensive lineman off the board. Yeah, Will Anderson. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you as well. Consensus number one defensive lineman in this class. Great edge rusher. 36 total sacks in three years at Alabama. So an average of 12 a year for college. Definitely not. Uh, definitely nothing um, to scoff at there. And this guy really terrorized the SEC for about three solid years. Great speed on the edge. He's got great hands, and he'll really jam the lineman up. Um, he's just a freak athlete. You know, you kind of look at Miles Murphy as well. He's going to be a little later in this list. I like Miles Murphy. Um, also, you know, next to Will Anderson, kind of similar play styles. Of course, Will be. Being the much better player, but you know, the speed again, like I mentioned, the arm length, the hands. He is going to be, speaking of Will Anderson, in the 72nd percentile, though, four missed tackles at about a 16% rate. So he does need to clean that up coming into the league, but he is very slippery. His spin move might be his best move overall, and he can just get really quick to the point with a quarterback. Very elite as a run defender. He can accelerate quickly. You're not going to find too many holes in Will Anderson's game. Now let's go to number two. Who's your second defensive lineman off the board? I told you this before, and you gave me a sight aid, but I'm going to bring it up again. He may be <laughs> talking about arguably the best player in the draft in Jalen Carter. Like You saw what he did. You were right there in Georgia. You saw yep. exactly what he did yep. for your back-to-back -back defending jobs. Like this, there is a reason why Georgia was so great defensively, and I know that yep. you produced so many great first-round picks along that defense, but I don't think any have been better than Jalen Carter. And mm. you, you can't ignore the off-field questions like you know the car crash yeah turning up to you hate pro to see day. it yeah you hate to see it he turned up to pro day out of shape right he turned up to the you know the scouting combine out of shape 
So that speaks to a character issue. Yep. But it can tell you this for if like write this down right now, Adam. <laughs> Unless all four quarterbacks that we're going to talk about shortly go in the first round and uh-huh. hide in the first round, uh-huh. Jalen Carter does not get past Seattle at number five. Like does not. I mm. I, I truly believe okay. that Pete Carroll is willing. And we know Pete Carroll. We know John Schneider yeah. are guys who have been willing in the past to look past character issues. I think that he will be the second defensive lineman off this work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're rightfully so, like you said, and you take a look at some numbers that just really jump out to you. His pass rushing ability, I think, really separated him from the rest of the class, especially at his position. So among the 168 interior defenders who rushed the passer at least 300 times over the last three seasons, Jalen Carter was third in pass rush grade at 90, second in win rate at 16, and ninth in total pressures with 60. This guy's a monster at six foot three, 300 pounds. And when you look at Jalen Carter on tape, it feels like you got about two seconds to decide what you're going to do with him after the snap before he's just blowing through and getting to the quarterback. He's going to essentially dispose of the offensive lineman that's his, that's in front of him. He shucks off a ton of moves with linemen. It's just got a motor that seems to never really stop. It's kind of like a slower Will Anderson in a way, but he's going to give you a ton of size. Again, 6'3", 300 pounds. His arm length is a major weapon too. Big time tackler, but he can overrun some quarterbacks at times in the pocket just really as he's bull rushing through the line might get a little too much steam but you're not going to have a complaint about Jalen Carter like you said and I got to respect the confidence of him to him really saying hey I know and I'm pretty sure his agent is Drew Rosenhaus shout out Drew Rosenhaus if I was an (laughs) athlete I'd probably want him as my agent he was like hey my agent told me I know I'm going top 10 so I'm not even meeting with anybody outside the top 10 um, so you got to have a lot of respect for that confidence again with the off-field antics. You know, we, we've seen everything. We don't want to go back over that. And just knowing that Jalen Carter at one point was considered the number one overall pick in this NFL draft, but clearly trades have happened. Um, and he's still number two at the position. No question about it. Now, number three defensive lineman off the board for you. This is where it gets tricky. So I'm, you mentioned <laughs> one of the, yeah, you mentioned Miles Murphy. And yeah. again, I love schools like Clemson for producing these type of players. Right. Let's look no further like Dexter Lawrence. But I don't know if I would take Miles Murphy or, again, another Georgia Bulldog. And you're a guy, Nolan Smith, like you mentioned. Like, I am just high on pass rushers. And yeah. when you come out of a defensive-minded school like Georgia, like I, I love teams that play in high-leverage moments, in high-leverage games, where I can see what you're built of. You're, you're playing in the SEC easily the best division in all of, of, of college football. Yeah. You've played on significant minutes and a significant role on a bat-to-bat national title winning team. I am going to, if I'm going to have to take a risk or bet here, I'm going to go with Nolan Smith probably and ooh, then Miles Murphy. Ooh, one of the two. Like, back-to-back Georgia boys. I'm going to go to Georgia boys. I'm going to go to Nolan Smith because, again, like the mere fact that you have played in championship games, you've made an impact in championship games. That has to say something. And this is no disrespect to Miles Murphy. I think Miles Murphy is easy a top five defensive lineman, but I'm going to give the edge to Nolan Smith here. Heard that. Nolan Smith as your third defensive lineman off the board. I'm going to counter you and go Miles Murphy. Nolan Smith is going to be right behind him for me. But Miles Murphy at number three, 6'4, 275 pounds. Had an 84 run defense grade last season, which ranked second in the NC, excuse me, second in the SEC, excuse me, ACC. Damn, Adam. Slow down a little <laughs> bit. I know it's Friday. ACC among 
edge defenders. And I do think he needs to work on some of his pass rushing moves. Excuse me, pass rushing moves. He is a little bit of a project. You can see he's also a little similar to Trayvon Walker from last season when you look at just some things that they needed to clean up with the pass rushing rushing move, getting their form, getting their play style just a little tighter, a little more cleaned up for the NFL to deal with those massive offensive linemen, those veterans that they're going to be going up against. But his speed and his strength off the edge is really some of the best in the class. Um, Again, I compared him to Will Anderson. I know Will Anderson's going to go before him, but if Miles Murphy went just shortly after Will Anderson, I wouldn't be surprised. Miles Murphy has that type of talent coming out of Clemson. He clearly played at a great program, played at a great school under a great coach. This guy flies off the edge. He's either going to bull rush you or he's going to blow past you. There's really no in-between, excuse me, in-between with Miles Murphy, and he's going to use his longer arms to wrap up defensive players as well, excuse me, wrap up offensive players and I was really impressed with Miles Murphy when I turned on the tape because this is the type of edge defender that you look for this is the type of athlete this is the type of defensive lineman especially in 2023 with the way that these offenses are players are just getting favored more and more on the offensive side of the ball you got to keep up with them you know you got to be an athlete you have to be able to move edge to edge you have to be able to run a 4-3-9-40 at a linebacker edge position like a Nolan Smith which I think that's going to be your number four maybe but let's go ahead and get into it number four D lineman off the board for you yeah, the guy you just mentioned, Miles Murphy, like, um, I think the only concern I have, I think you just mentioned it, is, like, cleaning up some of your pass rushing moves. Right. But they, he's pretty raw, extremely powerful, extremely explosive. Yep. But it's, again, coming to refining those pass rushing moves because, as you know, you're no longer just facing collegiate players. Like, you are facing NFL offensive linemen, yep. big, solid men that you're going to have to be. You're going to have to relay on more than just that pass, like, like that bull rush that he has. Yep. But like raw instincts, raw talent. I have to go Miles Murphy. And again, I like going to particular schools for particular players. We yep. saw what Clemson produced in a player, a player like Dexter Lawrence. So then, if you're telling me taking, um, you know, Miles Murphy here, yeah, number four for me, Miles Murphy. Miles Murphy, number four. I'm going to obviously go with your number three is my number four, Nolan Smith, who is the number one overall recruit in the 2019 class coming into college. And after he actually graded below 70 in each of his first two college seasons, according to PFF, he earned overall grades of 85 in 2021, bounce back with an 83.7. So essentially an 84 right around his score. From 2021 over into 2022 to finish his career, 6'3", 235 pounds, though, did run that insane 4'3", 940 time that really got everybody buzzing around Nolan Smith. And when you see that out of a defensive player, like that's literally what Christian Gonzalez is running in this year's draft. I want to say is a 4'3", and he's one of the best athletes, one of the best players the best corner in this draft. You look at Nolan Smith playing like that. It's like, damn, those, you know, NFL quarterbacks are going to have these types of guys coming after them and knowing that Nolan Smith can drop back into coverage as well. But about the 6'3", 235 pounds, you know, he is going to be smaller than most defensive linemen in the league, but he plays like he's bigger. He's got the size and the strength to handle most offensive linemen that he's going to come across. We saw that in the SEC. We saw that in his collegiate career. Again, number one player Number one overall recruit coming into the 2019 class. I think he is realistically, we're going to see Nolan Smith beef up by about 10, 15, maybe even 20 pounds. And yes, that is going to slow him down some, but a defensive lineman doesn't need to run a 4-3-9. I think he even slows down to a mid 4-4 or a low 4-4. He'll be okay with that. He's clearly got elite speed at the position. You're not going to see a lot of folks running that fast in general in the draft, let alone a damn edge rusher, defensive lineman, whatever you want to classify him as. I would like to see some more of those pass rush moves in his bag because, again, he's going to rely on a lot of speed, a lot of finesse, 
a lot of agility at 6'3", 235 pounds. But Nolan Smith, I'm higher on uh, Nolan Smith than most people. I actually have the Falcons um, taking Nolan Smith at, at potentially, you know, in one of my mock drafts that I did. Miles um, Murphy wouldn't be bad either. But number five overall defensive lineman off the board for you. I think it. that we're going to agree with this pick as well. I think it's going to be Tyree Wilson from Tech to Step. Um, yeah, you're not exactly known. Like, Tech to Tech is not exactly known for producing these type of players. But, right. again, you just can't ignore the numbers. You can't ignore what you're seeing on the tape. And when you look across all of these draft boards, each and every one of them have this kid uh, buzzing around the top 10, top 15 at the very, very worst. Yep. This kid is the real deal. It is weird, again. Texas Tech isn't known for producing these type of players, but yep. when you look at the tape, and I'm sure you've watched it, like you're just seeing an extremely talented individual. So for me, yeah, I'm going to go Tyree Wilson right here at number five. Yeah, Tyree Wilson for number five for me as well. I almost wanted to lean off of him, maybe go with Kalijah Kansi, maybe go with Brian Breeze, and I could potentially revise this, but you know, for obviously – excuse me, for the sake of the show, he's coming in at 6'6", 275 pounds. And the most unattractive thing about him is he doesn't have a first step. That's his biggest flaw is his first step off the line of scrimmage. Kind of looks like he's stepping forward and then just standing up, kind of trying to observe the play. And whether it's a quarterback that's going to react faster and throw the football faster, whether it's a lineman that you're going up against that's going to react faster and block you faster, take you out of the play, um, or whether you're just going to be taken out of the play in general from having a late reaction, having a late first step, that is one of the few traits in the NFL, just like being able to change direction, just like being able to swivel your hips, being able to have that first step, having that initial reaction is what separates players on the line in the secondary, but especially on the defensive side of the football. So like I said, he's not going to be the quickest of guys. He does look slow off the snap, but his strength is his absolute biggest factor. He's a beast against 6'6", 275 pounds. He's going to be able to outmuscle a lot of people, really long arms, which is going to help with the way that he's, you know, kind of conducting his play style in college and and now going over to the NFL. I would not I don't know Dude. if I would take him top 15. I really don't. I, I I don't, man. It's hard for me to like a defensive end or someone that's rushing the quarterback coming off of the defensive line nonetheless like we talked about top five T linemen in the draft. So you can just, it can make you veer off there, man. And I hate, like, I hate how all this has come about, you know, with defensive linemen. But anyways, to have a slower first step as a defensive player, it's it's not going to be the greatest thing. But one stat you can't turn your eye away from, and I know you're going to like to hear this. He had a 22.6% pass rush win percentage, oh, like which it. was second in the Big 12. So you can't knock that at all. The competition that he went up against, the conference that he was in, definitely have to give him his respect. So my top five defensive linemen in this draft, number one, Will Anderson, number two, Jalen Carter, number three, Miles Murphy, number four, Nolan Smith, number five, Tyree Wilson. Justin, run yours back one more time for the viewers. Basically, same thing, but Nolan Smith and um, Miles Murphy, Miles Murphy swa- swa- swapping. So yep. I go Will Anderson, one, um, Jalen Carter, two, Nolan Smith, three, Miles Murphy four and yeah, the Wilson kid here at number five. Yes, sir. Tyree Wilson at number five. Let's go ahead and hold on before you go though, Adam. I, no, you've good. been looking through some mock drafts and you no, wouldn't know, like you didn't want to take Tyree Wilson in the top fifteen, and I understand your concern. Mm-hmm. There is one mock draft here, and I think it is Bleacher Report that has him as high as. Will you believe this? Wait for this. The Seattle Seahawks at five taking Tyree Wilson. Like, you know, I've seen that, bro. I've seen Tyree Wilson at five in a lot of mock drafts, and <laughs> I just don't know how you pass up an SEC pass rusher. 
you like, like that. Like, like that's my thing. You know, it's it's so hard to pass up an SEC pass rusher or someone in the Big Ten out of Ohio State, like the Bosa brothers, obviously, like Chase Young. I mean, any defensive player that comes out of Ohio State. But yeah, I don't. That's what I don't mean. know, man. I mean, you am go, I? Go you ahead. Don't pass up a Big Ten pass rusher or a Big Ten offensive lineman. Right. Don't pass yeah, up especially a, line. Yeah, and you don't pass up a defensive front player from Alabama or, or Georgia. Yeah. Like, you just don't do these things. That's why I'm so yeah. concerned. And again, this is not to knock Terry Wilson, but I'm not right. I'm not gonna see a Jalen Carter, I'm not gonna see a Nolan Smith, I'm not gonna see a Will Anderson. And yeah. unless I am a quarterback needy team, I am not gonna pass on one of those three players with yeah. my top five pick. I'm just not gonna do it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean my first mock draft, I have Will Anderson going at three to Carolina. I have uh Jalen Carter at five to Seattle. I have Nolan Smith at six to the Detroit Lions, you know. Um I had Brian Breeze at number eighteen to the Lions. Uh, I actually had Tyree Wilson at number 12 to the Texans. So, you know, there's going to be defensive linemen littered all around this draft. Where did I have Seattle taking? I have them taking at number five in this draft, if it'll pull up for me. I had them taking Will Anderson at number five. Where did I have Tyree Wilson? Again, at number 12 to the Texans. So I think he's a little high in my mind. But, you know, nonetheless, I mean, you're still going to get a good player no matter which of these guys you actually pick, you know. Um, so you're definitely not going to not going to be able to complain. But yeah, if 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 I'm Seattle, knowing you're at five, you're literally going to have a pick at Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, or Nolan Smith. Like you're yeah. going to have one of those at your disposal, unless for some reason you just want to trade back because a quarterback team maybe is coming. I don't know. Draft's going to be crazy. All of the speculation around the draft is really the main reason why I want to watch it. And and if you're open, man, I'm doing one in two weeks. I'm going to go. I think just the first fifteen picks. I wanted to do the full. First round, but that's that's like a four hour show. I think that'd go till midnight. Um, I just know we all got shit to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, let's hit this ad break or rally really this uh, this break in the show real quick. This is episode eighteen of the NFL with AJL. I got Justin Marville from this Justin Sports Show on the show tonight. Make sure to check him out on all social media platforms. Check him out on podcast platform as well. Leave him a review. Follow him on social. All the good things that you do when you find a nice creator out there. Make sure to like the stream wherever you're watching the show at. Subscribe. Hit the bell on YouTube. Again, appreciate all of you guys running up the Falcons content, running up the YouTube content. The QR code on Justin's side of the screen, if you can, scan that for every bit of content of the NFL with AJL. Get at us on social. DM. Follow. Look at that man perfectly pointing to you're, you're, you're the best guest in the history of the show, bro. You're the first <laughs> guest in the history of the show of the NFL with AJL anyways to be on twice. Um, you're the man, though. Awesome. You're, you're the man, though, bro. You already no. <laughs> you already know that. But make sure to leave us a review on podcast platforms as well. And if you can't find me at the NFL with AJL, it's actually right there. Uh, here we go. Boom. Actually right there on the bottom of my screen also. And as always, we're sponsored by Buy and Sell with AJL for all your worldwide professional real estate needs, where you're looking to buy a home, sell a home, invest in real estate. Make sure to get at them on social media at Buy and Sell with AJL on all platforms as well. Drop your email to also get their exclusive newsletter to get the true real estate news about where you're trying to buy or sell a home at. And also, if you're looking to get some AI to potentially tell you a property value, some competition as a home seller in a certain area, drop an address and an email as well, and we'll make sure to get you taken care of on that. Buy and sell with AJL for all your worldwide professional real estate needs. Now we got some more NFL draft talking again. The draft is two weeks away for everyone watching right now. We will be on Thursday of the 27th for the NFL draft starting at 8 p.m. I believe that's when the first round uh, actually goes live. 
I'll actually be out of town in Myrtle Beach next weekend, so I won't have a show on that Tuesday before the draft, but I think we're going to turn right around on Friday and do a first-round analysis, but we love the NFL too damn much. Anyways, draft show promo over with. Six teams are looking at the number three pick in the NFL draft right now, and that is held by the Arizona Cardinals. So of these six teams, let's play a little guessing game, Justin. Who do you think these six teams are? Who should they be? Who could they be? If you had to pull six teams out of your knowledgeable NFL hat that you bless us with every time you get behind a microphone, who would they be? Um, Because you just mentioned, right, this is a very deep defensive layman draft, right? So it can't be somebody going after defensive layman. It can't be somebody right. going after a right. cornerback. Right. It tells me anybody moving up, they're going after quarterback. That's typically what teams move up for. Yep. So the easy by elimination is to look at the quarterback needy teams. Yep. So let's start with Washington. Yep. 100%. I think Washington has to be one because like you can't be comfortable with Sam Howell. And I don't even know who's playing no. Sam Howell in Washington. Like, you can't right. be comfortable with that. Every time, and I know that they're picking at four, yep. but I think Indianapolis is afraid of somebody jumping from behind him to go get after who they want. And it's going to be either Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. And I think it's a mistake. Whatever they do to go after, unless it is Will Levis and you believe in Will Levis, yep. then I think it's going to be a mistake for them to move up that one spot. But I think they're afraid of whoever's going to come to take the quarterback that they want. Yeah. And again, you're talking about Gardner Minshew and Nick Foles on your roster. Right. Like, that is not winning you football games in a very, right. very soft AFC. So here's the team I fully expect to make this trade. And I wait for it now, Adam. I know this may be a shock to you. The team I expect to actually get that number three overall pick from the Arizona Cardinals, the Tennessee Titans. Ah, there it is. I wish Wesley Davis was watching. Yeah, the Titans. They can make the, a hell of a move. I think the Tennessee Titans obviously ran Tannehill, I think, is the last year of his contract. And yeah. that don't even think that our money is guaranteed. Malik Willis, we saw what Malik Willis was in a couple of games, and that is not an NFL quarterback right now. Like, no. And I think with the head coach that they have, the type of head coach that they have, and I think he is a top five head coach in this league, I think he tells himself, all right, we lost. We barely threw away that that, that AFC South crown. Like, we had to go. We had to be so terrible down the stretch. Yeah. And we can sit down whoever we get. And I think it's going to be Will Levis. I think they tried that Malik Willis experiment for a time. They're not enthused about this big, you know, they're not enthused about having an athlete at quarterback anymore. They think they want excuse me, a big arm, natural pocket passer. I think they're going to go after Will Levis, have him sit down a year, but the Malik Willis experiment, that's done with. And I don't think that they're going to after make that one same. Year. After one year, I think that's done. And huh. I do not think that they're going to make the same mistake and go after Anthony Richardson. You yeah. and I have spoken about this. I yeah. think teams targeting Anthony Richardson high in the first round are making Goofballs. a huge, Goofballs. huge, huge <laughs> mistake. Like you're getting enamored with all of this you you're know, getting enamored with the combine and and his big arm and legs, but you don't look at the fact that he's the 45th overall accurate quarterback in the FBS out of 45 quarterbacks, by the way. And <laughs> in a league where we know if anything a quarterback has to be, he has to be accurate and he has to protect the football. And these are things that Anthony Richardson has not proven to us in any right. level of one, sorry, one year of collegiate football at Florida. Right. I'd stay clear of Anthony Richardson high in the first round. If you can get him late in the first round, second round, then fight. High in the first round, you're asking for trouble. Yep. Here's another one. I did not expect this, but when I heard the rumors that they were shopping 
Matt Jones than I have to believe New England oh, is one of those teams. Oh, I did not even put them in here. When wow. I, I didn't have them in here before until this week when the rumors were speculating that you know New England were looking to shop Matt Jones to teams. Oh, yeah. and they don't know who the hell they were shopping him to. Because yeah. at the very I don't best, think Matt Jones has any type of market. None. No market at all. Like, if you were to come to Green Bay, he'd have to be our backup. Like, right. you are – so the mere fact that you are shopping, you're openly shopping this guy, it's not a secret anymore, tells me then that you are in the market. Because if rumors are also true, they're also looking at um, Lamar Jackson. And I do not see a situation where Baltimore lets Lamar Jackson walk just to those two first-round picks. So I have New England as one of those six teams in the mix. We talked about them early in this NFC South where – there is no longer Tampa Bay. Your rivals, the Buccaneers, yep. they have to be looking for Tom Brady's heir apparent. And it cannot be Baker Mayfield. Like, like, I think we know what Baker Mayfield is or isn't at this stage. Yeah. Baker Mayfield, Caltras, that's not going to get it done. Right. I think you bring... I have them on there too. They move up. Whatever quarterback they draft sends a year, spends a year behind Baker Mayfield and it starts after that. Yep. And... I mean, I can only find four, so five, I had to find a shocker. Yeah. So I'm going to see. Hey, if you've only got four, that's okay. No worries. Up to you. I'll throw Seattle in the mix just because, simply because, like, I think they know, as much as they gave Gino that contract, I think they very well know, like the rest of us, Gino Smith is just a bridge to whatever future. He's not your future quarterback. Like, right. Last season was awesome. The yep. numbers were spectacular. Yep. But he has no history of showing you that he's an NFL starter. You right. get two, three years out of him, and then you put the guy you draft after him. And I would hope that that will be Will Levis and not Anthony Richardson. Right. Yep. Yep. I'm right there with you. You made some good points, and you actually pulled some teams out that I didn't expect. So before you threw in the Patriots, I actually had seven teams on here. It was a little prior mm-hmm. research. So I was like, this is a, a, a you know good way to throw it in here. So I had the Falcons because Desmond Ritter is solid. Don't get me wrong. But if they did, for some reason, want to trade up um, you know, to this third overall pick and get someone that they feel like is better than Desmond Ritter, which a couple of these quarterbacks, C.J. Stroud, obviously Bryce Young, they're more than likely not going to be there unless Anthony Richardson or Will Levis get taken higher, which is a possibility, as crazy as it sounds. So if they jump up to number three, they're going to have their pickings of some quarterbacks in this draft that are clearly, you know, top players, tops of their positions. Falcons, though, I feel like if they do make a quarterback move, and this is going to be a later video at another uh, at a later time, I think they should make a push for Lamar Jackson. Everything that they're going all in on, you've had Michael Vick there before. It's not going to be that exact correlation. I wasn't necessarily in on it at the beginning, but with the entire defensive makeover, if for some reason you can score DeAndre Hopkins and a Lamar Jackson, like that's a lot we're going to get into in a later video. But nonetheless, I had the Falcons, had the Seahawks as well, because like you said, Geno Smith not going to be a future guy. Um, you know, the Seahawks obviously just got Bobby Wagner back as well. They have DK Metcalf. They have Tyler Lockett. You'd like to see their defense be a little bit better, though. No question. You also have the Raiders. The Raiders have Jimmy Ooh, Garoppolo right is, now. Now, the Raiders have seven. So if for some reason Anthony Richardson falls out of the top six, I could have the Raiders taking him. I also really embarrassed the Raiders in my last mock draft and had them taking Hendon Hooker as well, which I would not be shocked if someone pulled the trigger on Hendon Hooker first round, top 15. If he's not injured, we're talking about Hendon Hooker in this class 
being better than Will Levis more than likely, being better than Anthony Richardson without question because you look at the numbers, but coming off the ACL, Anthony Richardson's been in front of a lot of cameras, been on you know a lot of social media reels and clips, so he's getting a lot of the hype right now, no question. Titans, like you mentioned, very good, of course, no question. Commanders, of course, no question. I had the Commanders actually in my last mock draft trading up to three to take Anthony Richardson. Eric Bieniemy being there, I think, is really going to provide a new swagger for this team. And ding, 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 they finally got sold. Dan Snyder gets his grimy-ass hands out of the NFL. They get sold to Josh Harris, who has part ownership in the Sixers. And, of course, Magic Johnson is in with this group as well, so you have to love it. Ravens. Now, I'm probably going to drop them out, but OBJ signs, and I just saw this today, so I almost put this on the show, but I think the draft is a lot more apparent, so here's a you know a little nugget of it. The Ravens sign OBJ, disgustingly overpay for him. They disgustingly overpaid for Roquan Smith, but they can't even get a deal done with Lamar. It's, in my opinion, it's Lamar's fault. I saw what he turned down, no agent, like you're, you're screwing yourself, right? But the Baltimore Ravens, um, God, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> That's so bad. Yeah. I hate when I do that. I know I was talking about Lamar with the Ravens. I think I was talking about, um, oh, with OBJ, with OBJ. So they sign OBJ, Lamar and OBJ are partying in the nightclub. And it's like, okay, this has to mean Lamar Jackson's coming back, right? OBJ goes out and says, Lamar Jackson gave me no assurance that he was going to be the Ravens quarterback. That's a report today from ESPN. OBJ said Lamar Jackson gave him no assurance that he would be the Ravens quarterback. And I think the market for Lamar Jackson is insanely open right now. I just think it's going to be one of the deals that's kind of kept under wraps. And I continue to rub my hands together maniacally the closer we get to the draft. And we've had no, we've had no Lamar Jackson, you know, oh, well, this team called Lamar and Lamar's been talking. Like we've had nothing, nothing about Lamar besides the fact that he's turned down deals and he doesn't have an agent. And that the Ravens looked into Baker Mayfield and Jacoby Brissett before they signed with their respective teams, which Jacoby Brissett is the backup to Sam Howell, by the way, in Washington. Just looked at that. And Jake Fromm. (laughs) Love my Georgia boy. Jake Fromm. Poor thing's the third stringer. But anyways, the Ravens, it's very interesting. And if Lamar gets dealt on draft night, someone's going to have to give up that first pick this year because Lamar is going to want to be an impact player this year. I think Lamar is clearly better than probably any quarterback in this draft right now, but that's Lamar Jackson winning 75% of his games, being in the playoffs a couple times, MVP, blah, blah, blah. We know what Lamar is, right? Um, so it's going to be interesting with the Ravens. The Bucks as well. I looked at the Bucks roster the other day, and call me crazy, Justin, but I think the Bucks roster right now is Super Bowl caliber. They still have Shaq Barrett. Devin White did just request a trade, which I really hate. Um, you know, they still got Jamel Dean. They still got Antoine Winfield. They still got a lot of players on that defense. They still have Mike Evans. They still have Chris Godwin, which I know they're kind of battling with some, um, you know, injury things right now. I'd like to see more offensive firepower with um, Tampa. But if they did move up for a quarterback, if they did for some reason get in the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes, I wouldn't be shocked. I've got them taking B. John Robinson at number 19 in one of my NFL mock drafts. I can't remember. I think I had Brian Branch in another one of my drafts going to to the Bucks, And then the Patriots, like you said, that was very, very, um, very smart for you to say, for sure, because the Patriots, I think they're down at 17th, 15th, 17th, something like that in the draft. Um, you know, they've been bringing in Juju Smith-Schuster. They brought in Mike Kosicki. They have tried to move around some defensive players. Bill Belichick is still there. And Bill Belichick is only about a season or two. One really great season, essentially, with like two or three losses or realistically two seasons away from being the all-time 
winningest coach in NFL history. So he's got some, you know, they're picking, sw- they're, they're picking up ahead. 14. 14. Okay. And, and, and Bill Belichick also said, apparently there's been a report. Bill Belichick will do, or, or he will stop at absolutely nothing to get Lamar Jackson. Um, so it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely interesting for sure. So Falcons, Seahawks, Raiders, Titans, Commanders, Ravens, Bucks, Patriots. I'd probably drop the Ravens and the Seahawks out of there just for realistic terms because Lamar hopefully is coming back to the Ravens. The Seahawks did just sign Geno, but they do have a way out of it. Outside of that, I could definitely see those teams trading up. And speaking of being at the top of the NFL draft, the Carolina Panthers, of course, traded up for the number one overall pick, gave up two first-round picks, two second-round picks, I believe, and also DJ Moore to the Chicago Bears. And now multiple sources have said that Bryce Young is that number one overall pick. And, um, you know, just to see this shaking out, sources leaking it. Oh, I didn't actually change Bryce Young's lower thing. Dang. So it's going to say Cardinals draft trade. And then it's talking about Bryce Young. We're talking about Bryce Young, though, before anybody gets confused. So, again, sources, Carolina to take Bryce Young first overall. Do you think this is the right pick, Justin? And if not, who should it be? Yeah, I think so. Simply because, like, we've said this, like, for the last two years before he got here, like, this was going to be the consensus number one pick. And as you know, the closer we get to draft, the closer that we try to nitpick all these players going into it. And if the only thing that you can continually talk about is his size, then it tells me you know that this kid is best. And I'm no, make no no mistake here. It's the only thing they can say, right? Make no mistake. Size is a concern, like because yes, Drew Brees is a smaller quarterback. Yes, right. Russell Wilson, but these are indeed outliers. Like right. you are not finding most of these good quarterbacks at that size. Yep. The problem is, is like we've seen year after year after year, like we try to predict quarterbacks and we realize that NFL drafting is not a science. And if there is one thing that with it is with these signal callers, what you want, you want the accuracy, you want the intestinal fortitude you want leadership and you want the ability to see the entire field yep. and when they look through his team when they look at brace young they look at the numbers everything tells me that this boy is the best quarterback in the draft and i don't think it may even be close i know people want to Ooh. talk about siege yeah i don't think it's close because when you look at his numbers 80 touchdowns yeah to just the 12 or 14s the 12 or 14 interceptions in yeah. two years right i don't think a quarterback in the modern era has ever had a two-year spot just like that. He's right. won a Heisman, Heisman winner. Heisman winner. He's dominated the SEC. We talk about the best defensive division in all of college football. Like, yes, the size is a concern, especially the hits that you take. But we have to remember this is the NFL that's protecting quarterbacks. No, he is a bit mobile. He has the ability to move outside the pocket and make plays and extend plays. He is willing to hold on to the ball for the last second and take those hits inside the pocket. He yeah. maneuvers He's and a gamer. he maneuvers the pocket better than any quarterback in this. And I mean not in terms of extending plays outside, but I'm talking about the ability to move within the pocket, to extend the play inside that pocket, to buy himself that extra split second to get off a pass. I don't think there is a quarterback in the draft better at doing just that. And I mean, when you look at the talent around him on the outside. Yes, Alabama is a perennial powerhouse, but he's not playing with Henry Ruggs. He's not playing with a Jalen Waddle. He's not right. playing with a Devontae Smith. He's That's not why he gets with, a lot of his credit, though. And he's not playing with a Jerry Judy. Right. Like When we talk about Alabama players from before, we're talking about um, what I mean, Tua Tungabailua. He right. played with those players. Right. Matt Jones played with those players. 
and Bryce Young put up even greater numbers than them without those NFL first-round receivers. Right. I think it's a no-brainer. Bryce Young goes at number one. Yeah, I hear you on that, man. Um, yeah, I mean, Bryce Young, clearly, like you said, at Alabama, his stat line was great. The The way that he can extend plays and just really go to wits and stop on a dime, make a throw, I mean, you're not going to find – a ton of holes in Bryce Young's game. And there was something that you just said about Bryce that I was really about to really about to pick up on. Um, can't necessarily. Oh, with you talking about Bryce Young, you know, not having all of those, all of those weapons. I mean, and, and to put it into perspective again, I love CJ Stroud. He's my favorite player and, you know, or favorite quarterback and possibly even my favorite player overall in the draft. But when you look at the fact that CJ Stroud threw to Marvin Harrison, who's going to be a top pick next year, he threw to Chris Olave, who was a top pick to my saints. He threw to Garrett Wilson, who was a top pick with the jets. And he also threw to, um, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who's the best ride receiver in the draft this year. I mean, the plethora of round one, top 10, top 15 picks at wide receiver that CJ Stroud had versus Bryce Young winning the Heisman, you know, playing Georgia a couple tough times, clearly having that big game against Tennessee. Like I do personally believe Bryce Young was tested more. He was pushed to the brink more than C.J. Stroud was, so that's why it feels like a better pick for Carolina at one. I forgot that they actually brought Adam Thielen in, so that's going to be very solid. They brought in Miles Sanders as well, so that's as well. So that's very good. They brought in Hayden Hurst as well. I was looking at the depth chart today, and I was like, "Damn, I gotta, I gotta retract my statement on Carolina having a naked offense." And I heard something today. Given new information, you are allowed to change your opinion. And I love that <laughs> and I respect that. I don't flip on my takes or, or my opinion a lot because, I mean, that's what that's what makes it great, standing on your takes and whatnot, right? But, yes, I do agree this is the right pick for Carolina. I did have C.J. Stroud going number one overall in my first mock draft, but you look at all the elements of a quarterback with Bryce Young. He did more than everyone in the class with arguably less talent than most people in the class. Heisman winner, his numbers – um, he's a leader, you know, playing for Alabama, playing for Nick Saban. They mold you mentally when you play for Alabama. It's the Alabama way, kind of like you have the Patriot way when you when you play for Nick Saban, when you're mentored by Nick Saban. It's 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 going to produce a lot of great talent. I mean, look at the talent that, uh you know, that Alabama puts in the NFL every year, not just this year, but to really double down on Bryce Young not having any targets. Show me an Alabama pass catcher going in the first round this year. Exactly. It's not. There's not, and that's crazy because when you think of a Henry Ruggs, when you think of a Jerry Judy, when you think of a you know a Derrick Henry, a Alvin Kamara in the running back room, you think of a Jalen Waddle. I mean, so Devontae Smith. You think of so many people. You know, we haven't even mentioned Jamison Williams and John Mechie starting to get their spotlight in the NFL yet. You know, I mean, John Mechie's over there hidden with the Texans, and and Jamison Williams, you know, playing nine to ten months after an ACL just really showed his pedigree of of everything, but. Nonetheless, I do believe that Bryce Young is the right pick at number one overall. I do like C.J. Stroud better than him, like I said, due to his size. I think his throwing form is a little better. I think his follow-through, I think his touch on the football is better than Bryce Young's, and I think his size is better, but Bryce undoubtedly has had has been pushed to the brink more, played with less, played for Alabama. And Alabama's got a better track record right now of quarterbacks in the NFL. Go ahead and tell me Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma. I don't give a damn because he started his career at Alabama, and I love that. Ohio State doesn't have, you know, outside of Justin Fields who are waiting, you know, to take an awesome leap. And I really hope he does. Alabama's got the upper hand on putting pedigree quarterbacks in the NFL right now. But let's predict the Panthers record and playoff depth, if any, with Bryce Young. I'll let you go first and let you want me to. I got some of the games and stuff pulled up over here. Oh, so I might kind of give you a gate. Cool. 
Cool, I got you. So I have the Panthers with Bryce Young. If they pick him number one overall, I have the Panthers going eight and nine in their first year. I have them going three and three in the division. The Falcons are making moves. The Saints made moves. I think the Bucs are still going to be a formidable team. Like I think the Panthers will be tough enough to hang with the Falcons and Saints, um, but also bad enough to maybe get swept by the Bucs. Like that's how interesting this division could be. But nonetheless, just to keep it simple, I have them splitting in the division going three and three. I'm going to have wins over the Packers, the Texans, the Colts, the Bears, and the Titans. Obviously, the Bucks, Falcons, and Saints as well. If I had to pull off of one of those wins, it would probably, probably be the Packers and maybe the Bears as well. Which I have them going. They could fall and, and maybe go a six-win, a seven-win team. I don't think they're going to be that rough because, again, Bryce Young um, – is a great player. He's a generational talent coming out of Alabama. Like, I'm very excited to see what Bryce Young is going to be in the league. Now, losses, of course, losses to the Bucks, Falcons, and Saints. They're also going to have them losing to the Vikings, the Cowboys, the Jags, the Seahawks, and the Dolphins, which I think is pretty reasonable. Um, and the Panthers actually have the third easiest schedule in the NFL. Falcons at number two, Saints at number one. I want to say Colts at number four, Bears at number five. I was looking at that. I was actually on the schedule tonight until – Bud Dupree went to the Falcons and it sent my brain to an, uh, an Atlanta Falcons content creation mode. But nonetheless, I've put that out there now, Justin. If you had to make a record prediction, nothing crazy. Um, I don't see them making the playoffs, by the way. Maybe they do, but as of right now, no playoffs. I have them eight and nine going three and three in the division. What say you? Um, depends. And again, it comes down to those two games against the Saints. Right. I have them. Oh, of course it's the two games against the Saints. No, I'm serious <laughs> because I'll give you a I have drink, them. drink my drink with my logo showing. <laughs> I'm going to have them, and here's going to shock for you. I have them sweeping the Falcons, and I have them sweeping the Buccaneers. Damn. The Buccaneers are going to be the worst team in the division, actually. But that's another topic for another day. But yeah. I have them sweeping both the Buccaneers and the Falcons, and it all comes down to those two games we've seen. So I have them like you, either eight and nine or nine and eight. Heard it that. is hard for rookie quarterbacks to lead teams to the, the playoffs. Like it's like Definitely. very rarely done. I like the moves that they've done offensively. They bring in Miles Sanders. Like this is like you saw the the all pro season that he had last, or pro bowl season that he had last season. Yeah. Uh, then a veteran receiver in Adam Thielen. They like one of those good possession receivers that will help out a young quarterback trying to make his way in the NFL. Right. Um, also, they added DJ Sharp. And then on top of that, you're a head coach. Frank Wright is known for developing quarterbacks and is a former NFL quarterback at that. And he also has a former NFL quarterback as his quarterback's coach. I think he is going to be just fine. I think what will happen, because you know what Frank Wright does, Frank Wright leads heavily on the run game. So you're going to see a lot of play action passing. So that is where I think Bryce Young is going to excel because you're not going to ask him to do over a lot. I think he's going to reduce the size of the playbook for him. You're going to see a lot of run-heavy stuff. That's what Carolina did last year. Yeah. They almost made the They playoffs. always run the hell out of the football, too. Yep, they could run on anyone, and I think they're going to, with the addition of Miles Sanders, you're just going to see that. They're yep. going to lean heavily on that offensive line and run, run, run the football. And yep. then anything out of that, you're going to see an all naked bootlegs, a lot of play-action passing right. with um, Bryce Young. I think the winner, like this division comes down to your seats and the Panthers, and it depends on those two games. Ooh. It, it, it depends on those two matchups this season. Yeah. Whoever, if, whether it's a split or whoever gets a sweep is a person who wins because you have Derek Carr 
I'm going to lean, and I trust their, your defense more than Carolina's. I'm going to give your Saints the edge, but I will say this. If the Carolina Panthers make the playoffs, it will not be surprising. Heard that. Yeah, the NFC South is um, – it was, it was pegged. I, I love this. The NFC South was pegged to be the worst division in football about 90 days ago, and since then, the Saints have signed Derek Carr and made some moves. The Falcons have remade their defense. The Panthers have traded up to the number one overall pick and have signed Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, Hayden Hurst, and Miles Sanders. And the Bucks lost Tom Brady, haven't really made any real moves. They're going to lose one of the best linebackers in the NFL, possibly in Devin White. So it's – and that's what I'm saying, like – I pray the Bucks make a draft move. Like if if I had to choose the Bucks or the Falcons to make a draft move, I would want the Falcons to do it. But if the Bucks made a draft move, like that would just that would take the NFC South from pegged as the worst division in football to being pegged as the most interesting division in football. Because <laughs> now right now I think you look the AFC South is the worst division in football by far. The Jags are going to own that division. They're going to run that division um at least this year. I could see, you know, Tennessee and and maybe Carolina or excuse me, Indiana, uh, Indianapolis, excuse me, turning it around. Loved the Colts a few years ago. I think they had one of the better rosters in the league and they just could never really get the coaching or the quarterback right. But just to have a little more fun and then we're going to get into an amazing last segment after we hit the break after this. Give me a stat line for Bryce Young in his rookie year, whether he goes to the Panthers or not, however you want to look at it. Just just give me a stat line for Bryce Young in his rookie year. And do you think even maybe he could win offensive rookie of the year? When I look through this cast of offensive rookies, I'm not sure. So I, I don't know where this offensive rookie of the year is going to come from. Right. So for right now, I'm going to lean on him because I suspect that of all the teams that will have rookie quarterbacks, Carolina will be the one that will, will be the most competitive. I'm going to see something like, I don't know, a 20 touchdown, 12 interception kind of season from Bryce Young because he's not a high turnover quarterback. He's never shown right. that in college, so I can't come here and say that he's going to struggle protecting the football. So I think, right. especially with Frank Wright being such a good quarterback's coach, and on top of that, they're going to be a run-heavy team. Yep. I think you're going to see a 20-touchdown, 12-interception type of season from, 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 from Bryce Young. Heard that. Yeah, I was essentially in the same ballpark. You look at his college numbers, he averaged 4,200 yards, 40 touchdowns, six picks a season essentially in college. So I think if I had to guess for his rookie year, I'm, I'm going to go about 3,500 yards, 25 touchdowns, 12 picks. And I think for offensive rookie of the year, it's either him, C.J. Stroud, or B. John Robinson. I don't think there's really going to be anyone outside of that. Like, could Jackson Smith and Jigba, could maybe Jalen Hyatt, um, yeah, possibly, you know, could it be potentially Dalton Kincaid or Michael Mayer? But I think if I look at offensive rookie of the year, as of right now, um, April 14th, 2023, I'm taking either Bryce Young, CJ Stroud or B. John Robinson for offensive rookie of the year, but we got a hell of a segment coming up next. So let's go ahead and hit this ad break, hit this sponsor break. And, uh, we about to get crazy for some drafting, purposes this is episode 18 of the nfl with ajl we are blessed i am blessed to have justin marville from this justin sports show on episode 18 tonight of the nfl with ajl make sure you check him out at this justin sports show on all social media make sure you hit the hashtag for him as well we don't want to see max kellerman in that four letter company Trying to intrude on my boy Justin Marville's algorithm. You're you're hilarious, man. You're cracking me up over here. Make sure get at him on social media. Review him on podcast platforms. All the good stuff you do for the NFL, please NFL with AJL. Please do it for my friend Justin as well. Wherever you're at, wherever you're at, like the stream. 
Subscribe on YouTube. I appreciate everyone, like I've mentioned multiple times, for giving me the love on YouTube. Make sure to hit the bell as well. If you can scan the QR code on the screen, like, I mean, you know, man, it's like you knew I was going to say it next. That's that's my dude. You just, you might get a permanent spot here, bro. You never know. <laughs> you never know. But as the QR code with Justin that he just pointed to, scan that for every bit of content if you cannot at the NFL with AJL on all social media platforms. And don't forget that we're sponsored by Buy and Sell with AJL for all your worldwide professional real estate needs, buying a home, selling a home, or investing in real estate to make that home not only a house but an asset for you as well. Drop your email if you want to get on their exclusive newsletter to know all things real estate, not just the scary media headlines. It's still a good time to buy and sell, depending on the location in the world, of course. And you can drop a specific address and your name, or excuse me, and your email. If you want to get in on their new AI, they just put into the business to show you a home's potential price, the competition, how fast it could sell, everything a home seller needs to know. But let's give the people what we've been talking about, Justin. So on tonight's show to round out episode 18, we are going to be drafting the top 15 players in the NFL draft. Essentially what we're doing is creating a top 15 big board Justin has the first overall pick. If he takes Bryce Young at one, then obviously I can't take Bryce again. So we're going to build the top 15 players. Probably have a little bit of a debate here, but I think this is really fun for us to do. So I feel like I'm about to be a teacher or a college professor. I'm going to share my screen now. <laughs> I was trying to make it a little more attractive with some graphics, but I was kind of pissing away time as I was I was researching for the show. So let me go ahead Um close all this out we're going to share my screen boom boom so let's bring us up all right so we're at the bottom okay i think that looks awesome that's perfect let's see if we can uh drop that background yep so we'll just keep it like that all right justin so there's no rush at all but like i said guys we are drafting the top 15 overall players in the 2023 nfl draft if you need me to scroll a little bit justin so you can see that's fine if you want to look at a big board you can go on pff mock draft simulator it's very easy whatever you need me to do let me know but you're on the clock man not the number one overall pick for the panthers but essentially who is your best overall player your number one player on your big board for the 2023 nfl draft you're on the clock if i was if you're talking about the number one player on my big board right then it would be will anderson okay like, that that's you taking but- that's not who I'm taking. Oh, you damn near made me hit the draft. Let me let me but slow down. Let's draft. Let's draft. Like I'm guessing we're supposed to draft how we expect these teams to draft. So if these teams are supposed to draft, we, the moment that Carolina spent all that draft capital to move up and trade DJ Moore, like you're not doing that guessing between one quarterback or the next. You already knew who you had in mind when you went after your number one pick, and it's been Bryce Young. Like yep. it, it's it's no doubt about that. So please put Bryce Young there. Like this is a no brainer. They've known from the moment that they put all that draft capital up there. The moment they don't mind the rumors. This is what you call the laying season of the NFL draft. Whatever rumors you've heard, disregard them. They have known for months that they will be drafting Bryce Young. There we go. There we go. So Bryce Young, not only will Justin take him as the best player overall in the draft, but the number one pick as well to the Carolina Panthers. I am now on the clock at number two and who I would have taken as the number one overall player in the draft. I truly believe all positions considered 
the best player in the NFL draft this year is going to be Will Anderson Jr. out of Alabama, but you took Bryce Young at the number one position, so I'm going to chase it with Will Anderson at number two. Like we mentioned earlier, the best edge rusher. I think he's the best overall player in the draft. The guy is an absolute monster. You have no complaints about him. The speed, um, you know, the agility. Just we we went over those defensive linemen earlier and definitely gave Will Anderson Jr. his flowers. So now at number three, Will Anderson and Bryce Young are off the board. Who is your third overall best player in this NFL draft? Let me hear it. Are we open to having trades? Can they somebody trade up here because they expect a trade to come? But if we're not trading, then here's the first shocker. Jalen Carter is the guy. Like you have Jalen like, Carter. Forget. I know he's had the off-field problems, the car crash, and he's had turning up to Pro Day um out of shape. He's turned up to the the scouting combine out of shape. But the mere like his Physical traits are off the chart. This is a monster. This is a guy who has dominated on back-to-back title-winning teams. Forget SEC winning. Title-winning Georgia teams. The, the reason that Georgia was so dominant defensively starts with Jalen Carter. Got to yep. take him at now. If you do not trade over this spot, you take Jalen Carter at number three. Jalen Carter at number three. Not only for the Arizona Cardinals, but also as the third overall player in this NFL draft. Number one, Bryce Young. Number two, Will Anderson. Number three, Jalen Carter. And now I'm on the clock at number four, not necessarily in terms for the Colts, but for the fourth best player in this NFL draft. As I'm taking a look, I'm looking at a CJ Stroud. Y'all might think I'm crazy, but I'm looking at a Bijan Robinson because of how intense he actually is at his position, being the best running back. I'm taking a look at a Christian Gonzalez. You just took Jalen Carter off the board. Uh, Nolan Smith, of course, is still out there. You've got Miles Murphy, but I'm going to be honest with you. If we're talking about the fourth best overall player in this NFL draft, don't do I it. gave it. I gave don't it away. Do it. Oh, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. It's Bijan Robinson. It is Bijan Robinson as the fourth best player in this NFL draft. And I mean, what can you really say about Bijan? He is amazing at the running back position. We went through our running back rankings. I love Bijan. I love Jameer Gibbs. I love Devon A. Shane. They're great, or A. Shane, however you say it. They are great. Um, I know running backs aren't highly considered as insane players. They're not going to be taken early. We're not going to see a Z, a Saquon Barkley, a Todd Gurley type of high pick for these running backs now and maybe ever again. But I'm not going to take anything away from Bijan Robinson. He is the fourth best player to me in this NFL draft. At number five, Justin, who is your fifth best player in I this NFL not, draft? I did not expect this player to be all the way still here at number five. So they're shaking up my entire board. Okay. But you talked about this kid as potentially your number one pick overall. So the mere fact that he's still on the board, yes, uh, I've just signed um, Geno Smith, but uh, there is absolutely no way that CJ Stroud can pass me any lower than number five. Like either oh. I trade out of this spot or I'm taking CJ Stroud because arguably you can say that he's the best quarterback in this draft. There I don't go. think so, but he's the second best. And right now I all, I know Gino is just a bridge to the future, but CJ Stroud will be my future. And if he falls to me at number five, there is no way I'm passing up on a CJ Stroud at this position. Yeah. 
can't knock you there for that at all, man. So CJ Stroud at number five on the big board off the board. So number one, Bryce Young, number two, Will Anderson, number three, Jalen Carter, number four, B. John Robinson, number five, CJ Stroud. Again, this is not a mock draft. This is the top 15 overall players in the 2023 NFL draft. We're essentially building this together as a big board. So here I am. At the number six pick, we're looking at Will Levis. We're looking at Anthony Richardson. We're looking at Tyree Wilson, Devin Wither, or Devon Witherspoon. A lot of people, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Dalton Kincaid, Brian Branch. A lot of people are on this board, but someone that I am much higher than a lot of people on in this NFL draft. You're going to take Miles Murphy, aren't you? You're going to do it. Uh, I see you. You know, as much as I want Miles Murphy, I'm also looking at Nolan Smith. But we <laughs> did just do those rankings. I would like to see a little more size on Nolan Smith. His speed is great, but I don't think you can deny Miles Murphy as much as the Bulldog in me wants to take Nolan Smith. I am going to take Miles Murphy as the sixth best player in this NFL draft. And Justin, that's going to put you on the board at number seven. Then it's easy. You just said it. Like your your miss is my gain. Like I'm going to take Nolan Smith. (laughs) I'm in the AFC West. I see a ton of quarterbacks, but forget positions, forget the Raiders, I told you already, I cannot pass up on an SEC pass rusher on a back-to-back title-winning team. You're That's right. I, I am not going to pass up on Nolan Smith right there. Can't do not, it. Not going to blame you at all, man. Absolutely not going to blame you at all. So Nolan Smith is off our board. Miles Murphy is off our board. So I will be sitting here at the number eight overall player in this NFL draft. I'm looking at a couple of offensive linemen. I'm looking at a Paris Johnson Jr., Peter Skaronsky, Dalton Kincaid is still out there, Christian Gonzalez, JSN, Zay Flowers. This one's going to be tough because as much as 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 much as Levis and Richardson are touted, man, I I just don't have them as top players in this draft. When you look into their numbers, when you look into their tape, when you look at they are really a far drop off from one and two. And some people are going to say Levis and Richardson over Stroud. I think you're crazy as hell if you Very absolutely crazy. say that. Because Very they crazy. both need some refining. They both need some just overall tightening up on their game. I mean, at the end of the day, really. So, you know, again, I'm, I'm going through some of these plays here, players here. And, and honestly, the more that I look, the more that I really just have to jump to the top and take Christian Gonzalez, the best cornerback Damn. in this draft. Damn. It is hard to come Damn. across an elite corner. I <laughs> know it's hard to come across an elite quarter in the league this early out of college. Um, not going to say it's Sauce Gardner vibes, but we did just see Sauce Gardner step in the league oh and be the gosh. best corner in the NFL as a rookie. I know I'm stressing you out, Justin. I'm so sorry. Oh, it was a tough one. You still got Zay Flowers out there. You still got Jordan no. Addison. If you think Quentin Johnson is a top player, Jackson Smith Hold and Jigba no still problem. out there. You still yeah. got a lot of folks, glad, man. No, because I'm glad because they look at the Bears and thankfully you got me back on track. Uh-huh. Paris, Johnson, Paris Johnson Jr., like not only arguably the best offensive lineman in the draft, but then on top of the what the Oh, you just went upside down for a second. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> How did you just do that, man? I have no idea. Like Bears are saying we don't want that dude, but you Literally. want that dude. You do need that dude. So yeah, you're gonna have to take this kid, Paris Johnson Jr. right there. Like I heard I don't, that. Like, like hey. best offensive layman to the most offensive layman needy team. I'm like can't go wrong. Right. Hey, you're still upside down, but if that's what you're rocking with, it's all no, good. I, think the I can't are... believe it. Hold on a second. I gotta change. No, that. you're know. good. You're good. Oh, hold on. I'll shake. be. I'll be back. Hold on. 
you're good, man. No worries at all. He just dropped off, but we're still going to go in here because I am on the board. He just takes Paris Johnson as the ninth best player in the NFL draft. So we're still looking at a Will Levis. We're still looking at an Anthony Richardson. We welcome Justin back into the stream. And this one's interesting. I mean, I'm looking at a lot of players right here. I just, ah. Ooh. I know those quarterbacks are still there and people are wondering why I haven't went there, but I'm just, I'm just not high on those guys. I'm not, that's not a hot take. That's not to be different. I've watched their tape. I just, I don't believe like Will Levis and Anthony Richardson are not first round talents. And you could say the same about CJ as well, but I think CJ has definitely shown leaps no, no. better than most. Of I think, I think CJ without a shot of a doe is the first mm. round uh, quarterback. I don't right. Think. Right. Absolutely. I'm going to go here. Give me Jackson Smith at Jigba at number 10. As the 10th best player in this 2023 NFL draft, you're on the board at number 11, Justin. JSN is off. Oh, gosh. You're just destroying my boards every time. Like, I know, gosh. man. You still got Devon Witherspoon. You still got Dalton Kincaid. Oh, well, stop. Stop and don't go any further. That name, like, you can't, like, you can't do any better <laughs> than a Devon Witherspoon. But actually, I'm going to because I'm going to skip that. And I'm going to go. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. But I'm going to go Peter Skronsky. Okay. Out of Northwestern. Yeah, very good pick. Very, very good pick. As the another the number eleven best player off the board. Now we're at number twelve. Skoronsky is off on my end. I almost want to be crazy and take this one, man. I really do. Ah. Golly. Like, like as him. much as I think Darnell Washington is the best tight end, it's like I feel like Kincaid or Mayer may be more of an overall like complete player, you know, overall player, especially at their position. Mm. Ah, you know what? Do you it. know what? I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna go there as the number twelve, the twelfth best player. In this NFL draft, don't, if I can find them, I'm just don't take Kincaid off the board. Don't do it. No, <laughs> I'm not, man. I'm at, I am looking for a tight end. I am definitely looking for a tight end, but I'll take my Michael Mayer at number 12 good, 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 good. at the tight end position. 12th best player on our big board. Just to recap, Bryce Young, one, Will Anderson, two, Jalen Carter, three, Bijan Robinson, four, CJ Stroud, five, Miles Murphy, six, Nolan Smith, seventh, Christian Gonzalez, eighth, Paris Johnson, Paris Johnson, nine, JSN at 10, Skaronsky at 11, Michael Meyer, Mayer, whatever, at 12. The number 13th or the number 13 best player in the draft, Justin, who you got. Offense again, when you are picking the first round, what is in position that has produced more pro bowlers in the first round? Do you know this? Um, uh, do you know this one, Adam? Tight end? No, it is offensive layman. Okay. Offensive layman produced the most from pro bowlers as rookies in the first round. Heard so that. I'm going to go Darnell right, right here. Okay. In the New York Jets. There you, you go. Do, you do see they have a huge need at tackle, but yep, Darnell yep. right, put him right there. There you go. Boom. Darnell Wright. I'm not mad at it, man. Darnell Wright is definitely a solid, solid lineman in this draft. You're going to have me venture down to the offensive lineman as well because I know there's a Broderick Jones. Like, mm, I feel like I would have taken Broderick Jones over him, but I'm not mad at you taking Darnell Wright. I know there was still an Anton Harrison out there as well. 
Um, I mean, you're also looking at, you know, what's that other tackle? Dewan Jones, mm-hmm. Osiris Torrance. He's at the guard position. Mm. God. Um, I, I know who I'm torn between, honestly. I do. I'm actually torn between three, but I know what the right pick is, and I'm just going to go ahead and take it. It's going to be Broderick Jones as the 14th best player off the board in this NFL draft. Broderick Jones tackle out of Georgia. I'm not going to lie. I wanted to pull the trigger on a Zay Flowers. I wanted to pull the trigger, call me crazy, on a <laughs> Jameer Gibbs because I think he's that good. I really think Jameer Gibbs is Tyreek Hill at running back. Nobody can catch him. I was looking at a Devin Witherspoon, Dalton Kincaid, Jordan Addison, but as my last pick here at 14, Broderick Jones as the 14th best player on the big board we're building. Justin, you get to do the honors on the last pick here, my friend. Oh, my gosh, and look at look at that. Look Green at that Bay board. Packers. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm telling you, man. The irony. Well, yeah. What the shoot? I didn't even mean to to have it line up like that, man. To be I honest, I did though. That's why I picked number one. He's like, I'll get... take number one. I'm gonna get my boys. Yep. So just because not only is it a need, not only you mentioned this clear earlier. So yep. Dalton Kincaid is putting right there, second best tight end in his draft. Huge Boom. need. Yep. Just fits Boom. right in there. You're gonna have to have a safety target for Jordan um, Love at that position, especially with. Yeah. Um. I want to say Robert Tunyon moving over to Chicago. Is it? So yeah. And I think this is indeed the second best tight end in this draft. Boom. Kincaid. There you go. And there you have it. That is going to be the NFL with AJL and this Justin Sports Show top fifteen overall players in the NFL draft. Essentially, we built a big board together. Number one, Bryce Young. Number two, Will Anderson. Number three. Jalen Carter, number four, Bijan Robinson. I threw that craziness in there, but I do personally believe Bijan is that good. Number five, CJ Stroud. Number six, Miles Murphy. Number seven, Nolan Smith. Number eight, Christian Gonzalez. Number nine, Paris Johnson. Ten, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Eleven, Peter Skaronsky. Twelve, Michael Mayer. Thirteen, Darnell Wright. Fourteen, Broderick Jones. And fifteen, Dalton Kincaid, the tight end out of utah that was a lot of fun man i really appreciate you doing that with me that was cool i've shout out to caps off podcast they do a lot of like drafting movies and like cars and athletes i mean they run it up on the youtube shorts and you know we're always trying to get creative and and just show love to the community out there but uh what a show man you made it hard for me like you started destroying my board i'm looking at my boards like oh damn it yeah yeah (laughs) it's all good though i'm gonna cue this outro music man and we're gonna get out of here if I can turn it up episode 18 of the NFL with AJL you're cracking me up Justin (laughs) that's going to wrap up episode 18 of the NFL with AJL Justin Marville from this Justin Sports Show is here on the show tonight Make sure to check him out on all podcast platforms, YouTube, and social media. Hashtag this just in sports show at this just in sports show at this just one N. You know the deal. Make sure to get at him on social media. Like the stream before you get out of here. Please subscribe on YouTube. Hit the bell so you never miss a post. The QR code where Justin is so fantastic at pointing it out for us. <laughs> Scan that for every bit of content from the NFL with AJL. Also, make sure to get out of some podcast platforms. Leave us a review. Comment on the show. Let me know if you want to see more of something, less of something, something specific. I'm here for it. I love to engage with you guys. Appreciate all the love 
coming back. Been back for about two, two and a half months now, and I couldn't have made a better decision. Justin, I give a lot of credit to you. Taylor, I give a lot of credit to you. All my boys out there at Petty Sports, King Broadcasting Studios, everyone I've done work with, I appreciate you guys being behind me. Episode 19 will be here on Tuesday, looking to do a third mock draft live, potentially with the Sports Scoop, but maybe we'll have some extra folks on as well. Not going to be doing a show. Um... Is it Friday night? I don't know, man. We'll figure it out. Not doing a show Tuesday after the next one. Sports Coop is the best show to do a draft with. Those guys are on top of it. They're crazy, bro. They're crazy. Young kids out there getting at it. They just got into college. But episode 18 of the NFL with AJL. Get at Justin Marville at this Justin Sports Show on all platforms. We are out.